Welcome and thank you for joining us on the Instructor Podcast, where every week we're joined by experts and innovators, leaders and game changers, so we can hold a mirror up at the instructor industry and see where we can improve and raise our standards. So if you're ready, we'll make a start. So, welcome to another super special bonus edition of the Instructor Podcast. And today we are celebrating the launch, the team up, the the allyship between um, the Queerbox and the DITC. And it's the first ever foursome on the Instructor Podcast. So this is new for me. So when this all goes horribly wrong, I apologise in advance. Now, first of all, I'm joined by stalwart of the show and regular Chris Benson. How are we doing, Chris? All is good. It's lovely to be a face on the screen again, rather than talking to my phone. Well, the listeners uh, can appreciate that. Your, they can appreciate your voice more than your face at the minute, but uh, I get to uh, view the splendour that is Chris, so that's all good. Uh, I'm also joined by G. Sabine Roberts, who is making her second appearance on the show. How are we doing, G? Oh, great. Absolutely delighted to be back. And just to clarify, because I may have said that wrong, making their second appearance on the show. Uh, And we are joined by a newcomer, and I'm nervous about saying this. We are joined by Robin (laughs) Giacomi. That's right. Yes, (laughs) well done. I am ridiculously happy about that. How are you? I'm great, thank you. Excellent, and welcome to the show. So as I said to begin with, um, what we've come on today is to talk about the Queer Box, which is, well, I'm not going to tell you about it, I'll let these guys, but they've teamed up with the DITC to help promote that towards driving instructors so we can promote their allyship and just being nicer people generally. So do we want to start off just by telling us a little bit about what the Queer Box actually is? Sure. We are, Robin and I are two of three people that make up the Queer Box and we deliver diversity, awareness training, uh, allyship training, basically a whole range of training and support to people who want to learn more about how to be more LGBTQ inclusive in their work, in their lives. And we've been building that up for about the last year. It was a totally accidental business that came about after a Facebook post blew up radically and we realized that lots of people wanted to know more about how they could be better allies how they could be more inclusive and so we built something to do that yeah I think this is our pandemic child really isn't it um there was just a need that became really clear in all of the virtual global communication um and the you know importance with which social media took off in the pandemic and people having questions and so we just stepped in to fill that gap and find a bigger platform to answer all of the questions that we were getting asked on a daily basis brilliant and, and while I'm a big fan of the queer box I'm an even bigger fan of that term pandemic child uh, I'm going to steal that on you it was at the start of the show so everyone thinks it's mine and you've stolen it from me so apologies in advance but yeah if you've listened to this podcast before you may well have heard the episode with G and I spoke there about how I've done the, the queer box course when that first came out when I was a big fan I learned a lot and um, but yeah this this isn't about me this is about that so um, yeah that's what the queer box is so I'm going to come to, to, to Chris for this one. Um, what made you 
or what attracted you to that? What you know, what drew your interest in that initially? It was something that was already in the pipeline as a need. And I think lots of us have recognized that the driving instructor industry is notoriously, is it fair to say 20 years out of date? Um, probably. It, it, and it hasn't needed to evolve. There hasn't been a need. And, and we've had a few things along the way and the DBSA have um, embraced some of them. Uh, coaching being one of the, the big changes inside the industry, which is, for me, it's a step towards individualism. And it's about working with individuals and, and respecting individuals. And, and, and for me, that's what coaching is about, asking questions that I don't know the answer to. So if I'm going to ask a question, it's important the question's relevant. And if I'm going to ask a relevant question, I've got to know who and how to address the individual that I'm asking. Um, you know, and, and I've, I've always had a, a very open and honest relationship with people in my car, but I haven't necessarily given them the space, I've recognised that now, that to, to be able to be themselves totally from, you know, from, from the outset to express who they are and who, who, who they want me to, to work with them as. And I, I've been speaking to more and more instructors that have been aware of, of, of this on a very base level. So it's just the awareness. And, you know, Robin's saying about the, the pandemic child, I think that the thing about the pandemic is that people have been pushed from um, where, where they were in their, 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 their own little corners of the internet talking to their own communities. Communities have been thrown together because they've been blown apart. And because of that, it, it's everything really, you know, sort of bubbled to the surface of, of everybody's awareness rather than just necessarily the people that were, were looking for it or um, directly affected, affected by it. And because of that, when we set up the DITC, which is, is an, you know, an organisation to um, develop change inside the industry, that, that's our, our foremost change, uh, yeah, our foremost challenge that this seemed like a really obvious one of a number of um, areas to, to try and, and develop awareness on. Um, and then I, I did something really silly. Of I, I said to Terry Cook that I'd be happy to do his podcast. Um, and, and, you know, thank you, Terry. Um, you put me in touch with G, put me in touch with the Queer Box and um you know i i've since done the course and it's it's too good i i have a concern and i have expressed this concern but i will share it that it's so simple there is no need for anybody to have any judgment or um personal uh influence over, over the information and I think so often when you when you talk about you know potentially political situations and things, pe people get defensive or, or their their own views override the facts. You've you've taken all of those out and all credit to you. Um, I, I I just I could see how all driving instructors could happily engage with the course and understand where it was coming from. I hope. And I, ho I hope I hope I'm not you know I'm not setting the bar too high for them. But I, I genuinely think everybody can can engage, and it's taught me a lot 
um, and it's it's opened a lot of doors of understanding for me uh, that I'm engaging on so many different levels um, that I feel that you know that that's a natural progression for for driving instructors. So you know, I say at, at that point, um, I, I was talking to G about you know what what needed doing, and and thinking I'm not sure that that me um, you know that I'm I'm the the right face to launch something inside the industry, and I I went through loads of loops. Um, I, I reached out to some of my driving instructor gay best friends um uh, and we had chats about <laughs> it um and and just sort of said you know firstly everybody agreed it's a really good thing i uh, haven't had anybody actually say otherwise i'm sure there are some but nobody's oh, yeah. expressed it so that that for me is a, it's a win or we're not shouting loud enough so i'll i'll, I'll take that and we'll shout louder um <laughs> but the yeah, I, I, I sort of, you know, I went the, the full loop and then went, do you know what? The LGBTQ community has been banging on the door long enough of saying, you know, there should be, and I totally agree, should be equality, there should be acceptance and there should be allyship. And actually now you, you don't need to be a member of that community to, to open the door, if you like, and say... Um, say yes, there should be. You know, th this is is coming from 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 the other side of side of that fence in in some way, and I I think that that's kind of awesome, um, and I'm really you know really pleased that we've been in a position where we can do that, and, and I want it to go from strength to strength. So, you know, I you're Terry, you're an instructor. What what do you think? You know, what, what do you think from, from that point of view? Because I've, I've got this strange view of the driving instructor world because I've been done, doing so many odd bits of it. Um, I mean, the, the, my first response to that is going to be one of the great things about having you on a podcast is that uh, in that comment, you've now answered all the questions that I was going to ask you. So that's great. Um, <laughs> the, the, the thing about having me on a podcast, you can't shut me up. All right, I, I heard that. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm slightly biased and probably the wrong person to ask it because I'm not going to give the most objective view in that I've done it before and I loved it. But I think it's a great step forward. I really do because I just, I'm quite naive sometimes. And I admit to this in that sometimes I think, why can't we just be nice? And that that's how I view it. You know, I, when I go back to the podcast I did with Eugene, I think I said it on there that, I like to find things to relate to when I use my name of Terence that I don't like. So if I ask someone to call me, and again, this is a really simplistic example, but if I ask someone to call me Terry and they're refusing to call me Terence, I'll probably be a bit offended by that. You know, so, and that's a really simplistic yeah. example, but that's how I can relate to it. So that would just be someone not even being nice, just being normal and not being a it's dick. Isn't it interesting? We've got a Terence and a Christopher uh, <laughs> sat on the screen that, that both absolutely hate it with with a passion. Um, you know, and I, I think I told you a story of when I swear I failed a driving test because they came out and said, "Are you Christopher?" And I said, "Yes, but can you call me Chris? Otherwise, you know, it means I'm in trouble. I don't like it." And um, uh, the the world froze, and I'd failed at that point. I'm fairly certain um, because I'd expressed a preference. And it's, it, it's 
it's my bloody name. Um, mm. And and I think that's a beautiful example. I think it's exactly that 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 you know that I can I can then understand that it, it how dare how dare that person feel otherwise. Yeah. Um, it's such a good example, isn't it? Because we all know somebody who um, will tell us what their name is, and we'll just take that for granted and. Um, you know, you might prefer to be called Chris because it's short for Christopher or it's short for Christine or because you are now Chris who's Christopher rather than Chris who was Christine. And, um, you know, we're quite flexible with uh, accommodating people's preferences when they change their names because they get married or when they go by the nickname that they got at university and are hanging on to and so it's just really expanding our horizon um, ever so slightly that it's a practice that we are already you know really good at uh, doing and so um, it's just to make sure that we're also going to do that with people where it might um, make us stumble a little bit at first but you know we've got this. And the information for both of you it's really easy to change your name by default you could quite easily wipe out all aspects of Terence or Christopher from your lives with one piece of paper. I know because I did it and lots of people in my position have done it. It's, um, it's one of those things where I, I know it's a different situation, but I lived for a very long time with a name that I wasn't happy with, but I just couldn't quite figure out how to change it or what to do about changing it until one day I just got too sick of it. Yeah, and it's going back to what, what Robin was saying as well. It's like, I don't have to face the problems or the, the uh, or what's the word I'm looking for? Not collision, that's the wrong word. The conflict that, that, that you might have to face. For, for me, it's just because I don't like the name Terence. There's no emotion there. I don't have to face that. And I, th I think that's the key thing. Uh, something we spoke about again, Jesus. I've just got it easy. I don't have to deal with this crap uh, from other people, not, you know, your personal mm -hmm. stuff. I don't have to deal with other people. I can, I'm like straight white male. All I need to do is vote conservative and I tick every box for this country and I'm not doing that. I'm just lost some <laughs> listeners. Aren't I? You've but, got to draw a line. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't have to worry about this stuff. And that's why I think that something like the queer box is so important. And, and this is me being completely honest now. And, and again, we, we spoke about this on the podcast, it's, it's that word queer, I think is almost jarring to a lot of people because I, I have negative connotations with that word be, just because I've only ever heard that used as insults before so I think that someone says and I still almost like pause before I say it just to make sure and it's like mm -hmm. queer box no no that's what it's called I'm okay it's right but was that intentional was that there was a thought process behind that in that way I think yes but in such a tiny way that we I for one didn't think about it very much because I've identified as queer for a long time and as with all communities who have had to deal with prejudice, you know, there is, as time moves on, a reclaiming of that language. And so the word queer has been being reclaimed for a long time by a lot of people. But yes, let's look at it from a marketing point of view. You know, you're going to always want to have a business name that stands out, that people will rem remember, register, that makes an impact. So it does have that power to it as well. I don't know about 
you Robin you identify as queer as well don't you yeah I mean it's um I love the word queer I I kind of like that it has this slightly jarring effect and I like that you can't define it you know here we are talking about definitions and the boxes that you have to tick and um they are necessary you know it's it's uh it's a good thing when organizations monitor the people they're catering to and their staff and there is a bisexual box that I can tick so the organization knows these people are here and they you know you need to be aware of um your employees and your audience so um that's great but at the same time obviously you know I don't want to be put into a box I don't want to have to fit into the box so if I have to tick any box I'd rather it was a queer box um so I do I do love our name and I totally um understand that it can be a bit of an edgy term to people because it was a bit of an edgy term to me for quite some time because you know oh you're queer is the kind of thing that might get thrown at you um you know on the playground and um I think I just ended up you know reclaiming it at that point in time when I felt yeah actually I am you know and um here we go let's rock and roll with that so um i think it's something that people of an older generation find um slightly more difficult but um i'm definitely in that age bracket where it became a much more popular and empowering term to use it for yourself and it has this huge sort of uh political connotation of really engaging with what does your LGBTQIA existence means, you know, with us, the, the you know, the box that is a bit queer and a bit different, um, reclaiming in that way. And I think we need to get sort of comfortable with um, initially uncomfortable conversations. So, you know, um, let's have people call us the queer box. Let's have that moment of I'm hesitating to say the word queer and let's work with that, um, you know, understand where the where the difficulty and the like negative connotations come from historically but um you know let's just get really comfortable with um lgbtqa stuff and have those conversations I like another it. word as well that you both terry and chris have used and that is allyship and i think one of the things that i i'd really like to bring in here is that point that you made terry about you being a straight white man and had that sense of as straight white men go you have always impressed me as somebody who pushes himself to learn about the things that you don't know you've been active in seeking out that i don't understand this community i don't understand what this group of people might be feeling but in order for me to do my job well i need to learn more about it so i can support them and you have actively done that the whole time I've known you, which is a couple of years now. And I really admire that because that is not that common. And it's very easy to say, why can't we all just be nice to each other? Let's all just be nice to each other. And most people, I'm sure, listening to this, believe that they are nice and put the effort in to be nice. But there's a big piece here that if you're not part of the community, if you don't know people who are LGBTQ+, plus whatever, you may not just realise some of the issues that they face. You could try and be nice, but if you've no idea the challenges people are facing, you can be accidentally making things a lot harder for people because you just don't realise that you are saying things that actually are restrictive or offensive or evidencing that actually you don't know and you are not potentially a safe space for somebody. 
I think this is one of the things that this partnership with the DITC and the Queer Box is really, it's really exciting to me because it gives us an opportunity to reach so many people who deal with members of the public on a daily basis. And every one of those members of public has a story. Every driving student that every listener to the show, every member of the DRTC has, is dealing with a diverse range of people every single day. And you are never going to know all of the stories of all of the people who come into your vehicle. But what you can do is make sure that you've learned enough so that you feel safe to those people who may have identities that are different to your own. And that's what allyship is. It's actually putting that effort in to make sure that you are safe to other people, people who are different to yourself. And I think that one of my big learns, because um, I don't think I've ever been particularly, I won't ever put myself in a dick category, but I was definitely ignorant and I was definitely not putting the effort in previously. And it was stumbling across yourselves and a few other people um, that, that made me just realise, actually, I could and should, not could, should be doing more here. And, and I think that you've hit the nail on the head. It's about putting in a little bit of effort just to make other people feel a bit more comfortable. So, yeah, but I'm glad you brought it back to the uh, the, the partnership with DITC because one thing I want to mention there, and, and there's a lot of love in this for some today, but the... I'm a big fan, obviously, of, of, of the queer box. Still, still, yeah, slightly <laughs> big fan of the queer box, but also the DITC. I mean, just touching on that for a second. When when I first started doing this podcast, I had this this grandiose idea that I was going to create something where um, it would be like a a signposting thing for the industry. I had this great idea, and then when I stumbled across DITC, and I thought, "Oh, that's my idea. I don't need to do that anymore." And and that's how I came up with Chris. So I, I like the what what you've just said, G. But I want to throw it back to you, Chris, and ask why you think it's relevant for our industry. Why you think instructors should do this? Because um, there's no reason that they shouldn't. Um, I I you know the the conversations I've had, it's just it's just bloody common sense, isn't it? Really, that. We pride ourselves as an industry of working with the individual and the response that, that came across initially when I was having the conversations was it's okay because we only use you so it's not a problem and, and I, can't, I get that and, and I kind of had that sort of feeling of going you know is it something that we need to be addressing he head on and, and, and trying to engage with and uh, the, the obvious answer was yes <laughs> and, and, and you know don't that's not a good enough reason for anybody to not value the person next to them. Um, but equally, we're trying to, you know, we, we know the stats. It's, it's you know, one of the top killers of, of the, the, the teen age bracket uh, is, is road-related deaths. And the more we can engage with an individual and their choices and motivations, the safer we're going to make them on the road. So you can sit in a car and you can tell them how to drive, but that's not going to make them safe. Um, you can tell them not to drink drive. Um, what, why are you sitting there telling someone who's teetotal not to drink drive? You want to find out about the person and find out what their individual risks are going to be. And you can't do that if you don't know the individual. And, and it just comes down to the fact that we pride ourselves on this one-to-one -one working. Um, or, you know, some, sometimes 
bigger groups and, and there's lots of different ways of, of, of teaching but it's all about that that relationship with something that's going to become part of them because people become become a driver and and that becomes a huge part of who they are and, and instructors you know I, I i think i'm right in saying it, the instructors on on mass take pride in the fact and and they like the fact that they're part of a massive part of someone's life but how can you you know it, it, it's like having a i don't know it's a bit like a, a, a fake marriage um that you're you're not you're not engaging with the real person you know it it that that doesn't make sense to me and because of because of all of those things and and some awesome pupils that i've taught have educated me uh, along the way in in so many things but it's been their interpretation of something that in in a lot of cases you know that where they're um 17 18 year olds and they're still trying to find their own place inside of a world that doesn't necessarily ha have a box for them um we've always been a safe space for them to to then engage with that but they haven't figured it out yet so that's not who we need to educate us we need some kind of you know expertise to say this is okay um and and terry you've done it and you've done it beautifully where you've you've made a a an incorrect statement or you know slip of the tongue and that's the worry is, is that we're going to offend someone. So I'll tell you what, we'll bury our heads in the sand and not address it. And, and actually, I, I echo everything that G just said. Um, I, I have a lot of respect for your approach to the world, um, just in general. Um, you know, uh, I, I think that, that that level of engagement of going, you know, who are people and what can they teach me? And how can I be a better person because of it? You know, um, I... I co-own better driver training and that's where our ethos came from was that we just want to keep improving that carries across to the ditc um because as an industry i'm fed up and i think we are fed up of being based on minimum standards on 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 a male female tick box on on a you know a it's not even necessarily a tick box, but but being able to say, you know, this is my preference. Um, that's the minimum standards that the DBSA have uh, are responsible for, and I respect that because they do that. We should be responsible for the maximum standards. We should be taking that view that I, I think quite rightly. It, I, I think actually Terry wasn't isn't necessarily the first one there because Bill and Ted. Um, you know, be excellent to each other is is probably one of my earliest learnings in life. And I've tried to keep hold of that one. Um, mm -hmm. But I, I think maybe you and I should get a couple of guitars and, uh, you know, we, we could form a form a group. But um, that that approach, it, why isn't that a better world? That's um great things there you know really important things it's it's such an important industry because so many people drive and you know one accident on the road can touch so many people's lives in a negative way so learning how to drive and learning how to be a particular driver a safe driver a considerate driver for the rest of your life is just such uh you know it's such an incredibly important experience and such an incredibly important thing to teach and, um, you know, obviously not everybody who learns to drive is young, but there are a lot of young people, you know, who are looking mm -hmm. to take that as one of their significant uh, steps into autonomy and independence. And young people these 
days are not really homophobic or massively transphobic you know young people you know we've we've got our stuff together on that front young people don't really care you know you come out to a young person they're like all right so that's great what we're we having for dinner and the conversation moves on because that's not really where we have that tension in society right and um so it's really sort of catering to one of the main audiences that you're engaging with but um, something else that you uh, touched on was that um, road accidents are one of the um, leading killers for young people and actually as is uh, taking your own life and mm -hmm. um, it's not something that always fits the stereotype of someone who was visibly depressed and visibly unhappy it's a it's a threat for young people and it's not one that we can always easily spot but we do know we have all of the research and we do know that young people who are different maybe because they are lgbtqia are at a higher risk and so anything that we can do to support um people at this stage in their life i think um you know it's just absolutely uh, absolutely crucial so um seeing the person you know, who comes into your car and trying absolutely anything that you can to make them comfortable for one of the most stressful things. I mean, maybe that was just me, but oh my God, isn't learning how to drive stressful and like absolutely flipping you, ter terrifying at first. <laughs> you want to try sitting in our seats. <laughs> We're sat next to the person who can't drive. <laughs> so, you know, having a comfortable uh, environment in which, um, you know, maybe maybe uh, your pronouns are never going to come up in all of the lessons that you have because it's just a one-on-one -on -one, you and I kind of conversation until you're sitting in that car with your driving instructor and the person who's assessing you um, and you're there on your assessment day and somebody talks about you and you're misgendered in that moment and you know it just makes your nerves go that little bit more you know, or just mm. sitting in a car with somebody um, in this like really important uh, experience of your life, learning how to drive and um, engaging in something that we call code switching, where you're presenting yourself in a particular way to mask that you are gay, that you're queer, that you're trans because of the environment that you're in. And then you can switch back into how you would, you know, more naturally want to engage with people. And it's just not an added stressor that anybody needs in that, uh, you know, in, in that context. And can I, can I just identify there, that's something that driving instructors will recognize and, and understand in that we love an analogy, um, uh, uh, the whole industry works on analogies um, that, when uh, back in the day when I learned to drive, uh, you were taught how to steer for the test, and you did this, and you know, ten to two, and push pull, and and then everybody accepted that once you passed your test, you'd go back to being the new you, the driver, and you you do it in that way. And we realised how ludicrous it was that if we're trying to teach somebody to 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 be a driver. Um, and, and to become a driver that we should teach them in a way that they can carry on that they don't need to just do for the test and we became as a as an industry became much more accepting of different styles um, of steering and that then you know people would what you were teaching them was hopefully the driver that they were going to be so there weren't two different types of people there 
there wasn't the, the person who's trying to please the driving instructor and the driving examiner and then the driver who wants to please their friends or their family or whatever the the other um you know important people in in their world are we ended up with hopefully them becoming the same people we still fight about against that from from parents and and friends and and other instructors who haven't necessarily you know um uh, updated their approaches but i think there's a real um similarity there in in the fact that we're trying to work with that individual as you know in in their own shell um and allow them to be themselves as much as possible uh, and actually if if there is a decision that they need to make or a, a, um, a situation where their view is really important which is all situations surely um that then we can engage with them on that on that level so you, you know you're you're on exactly the same page um and i think Empowered and you know really makes sense. You just froze Sorry, for a second there, Chris. Say that bit again. Not all of uh, it. I <laughs> I don't talk too much, honestly. <laughs> I no, I I think that 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 situation, that um, comparison, it, there's a real parity between the two that instructors will hopefully um, see and and be able to un understand and translate from. Um, yeah, speaking of, of putting the two together, I'm, I'm going to throw this to you first, Robin. Um, three months ago, did you see yourself on a driving instructor podcast and then teaming up with a driving instructor and trainers collective to promote the queer course over there? One could only dream. <laughs> if, if that was your uh, dream. <laughs> um, did we envisage this particular partnership in this way, uh, you know, a year ago? Probably not. Um but it's absolutely the kind of thing that we were hoping to do um, and, you know, the kind of um, partnership and cooperation that we were hoping for, because, um, you know, it's it's the topic right now. LGBTQIA stuff is discussed um, on social media, in the news. Um, we're finally at a point where you might just have a gay character in a Netflix series. And it's not actually about being gay. He's just there as a human being who's, you know, ordering pizza. Um, and it's what people want to see. And um, so it is a very current subject and people um, can be put off by that and they can be intimidated by that and um so it's really just about making it simple and accessible you know you might uh, take the course and um just satisfy human curiosity you might take the course because you're absolutely you know listening to this and nodding along with everything that chris has to share and that's the sort of values that you hold um as an instructor or you might just think oh my god what is all of this about and why are people you know you know, why do you have to talk about being LGBTQIA? You know, it's fine that you are, but why do I need to hear about it? And um, I think even those people would gain a lot from um, engaging with it because we've um, tried to keep it really simple to answer all of these questions that we've just raised. You know, why is it important? What can you learn from it? And if you walk away from it and um, feel like actually it's not, uh, this is not my course, this is not something that I'm massively engaging with, that is fine because you, know, you don't have to, but you will be equipped with being able to um, engage with all sorts of people who might jump into your car um, in a way that is, um, you know, compassionate and respectful, which is, I think, uh, a value that we all hold. 
Um, so this is absolutely the kind of thing that we were hoping to do to um, reach an, an industry as important as this one. Absolutely. And the course for anyone who is interested, it's not long. It's 35 to 40 minutes to run right the way through beginning to end. You know, it, it's, you could do it in the lunch break. It's not arduous. It's really simple. And we've designed it that way for a reason because we want it to be really accessible. But there's also a business proposition here. We now have the statistics that show businesses that actively take a position where they, they, whereby they say, we are an LGBTQIA friendly business, or we support the LGBTQ community, have now almost a 10% greater market share than those businesses that do not openly say that they support the LGBTQIA community. So we know that even on the, the very basic level, it's good for business especially when the majority probably of your students, your clients are younger, are of, of a community whereby if they are not LGBTQIA themselves, some of their friends probably are. And if they're looking around and choosing a driving instructor, they're gonna feel much more drawn to somebody who says, actually, I have values that match yours. Yeah, and, and, and just sort of to, to put a pin in that almost, um, we've, uh, we've got an exclusive that as a child growing up, Robin wanted to work the DITC. So that was your dream achieved there. So that was good. Um, and yeah, just on the, the queer box, the, the other thing, like I said, it's not very long, but it's also really interesting. Um, it's like I can remember every, every slide I'm looking at, it's like, oh, that, and then stuff was clicking for me as well. And, and again, um, anyone that's listened to the, the episode I did with G, if you haven't, go back and do it. But I mentioned on there, you know, the, the, it's not the right term, but the sliding scales at the end for the for where you sit on the sort of the male, female, the masculine, uh, feminine aspect of it all. I can't remember what they all were, but what they, that was an eye opener for me. I was expecting just to be completely one side, sort of 10 on everything. And then it's like, not i'm a bit this way i'm a bit here it's i found that really interesting but uh yeah just going back to you then chris um obviously this has been out say obviously uh it's been out a, a few days now people are aware that you're you're championing this cause and that you're uh promoting the the queer box for yourselves uh what feedback have you had from instructors have you noticed any change uh within the industry i know it's very early days but you notice any changes within the industry already I, isn't it funny that once you open a door, you see the change or you see the opportunity for change? Um, that uh, every time I get the opportunity to engage, because I'm open to it, it will happen more. And, and that's been my career. Um, you know, I, I everything I've done, has, I've always said, I'll have the conversation and then see where it goes. And this is, is another example of it. The DITC is an example of it. Um, so being open to the conversations um, to start with, I'll start on a personal level. I have had some amazing conversations with my 10 year old son um, who has, has basically ticked every box that, that Robin laid out of, of just being accepting and wanting to then know what's for dinner. Um, and uh, my, my favorite phrase, which I, I shared with, with G, which was when I said what we're doing, and he goes, oh, you're gonna go full Zuma then. Um, and, you know, it, I think it represented 
a generational change that's going to come to the industry. When when I've spoken to people, there's been no aggressively negative, which I was possibly expecting. Um, there's been um, there's, there's been no no negative really. There's been concern. There's been do we need it? Um, there's been some of those conversations. There, there was interestingly, you've you've ticked all the boxes, and I will be making sure they listen to the podcast. Um, there was a concern from from somebody from inside the community about the use of the word queer, and uh, I'm in the same same you know same boat as, as Terry that I, I keep taking this breath before saying it. And you know, on, on the course you cover that, um, and I'm sort of going, but this is you know my new learning and 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 the name of the of, of the company and 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 actually I I get it. I'm really glad we did this podcast because I'm continuing to to learn, um, uh, and I think the more that we are open to those conversations, um, I'm looking forward to my my phone ringing and people saying, how do we now get involved? Um, and the, the most positive for me was the first response to the emails that we sent out to key stakeholders in the community was from the DVSA. Um, and it was them saying, you know, how can we get involved? How can we support? We're interested in what you're doing. I don't think we can ask more than that. We know they're a slow moving organization um, and you know, they, they need to have those internal conversations. But actually, that expression of support um, it was, yeah, that, that was probably the highlight so far for me. And it was the first thing out, out the gates, um, because if we all know that if the DVSA will recognise something, that it at least gets recognition by other instructors. So I look forward to seeing, you know, how, how well we can do that. We've also reached out to associations. Uh, the ADI and JC um, have got back to us saying that they're going to speak about it at the council meeting. Um, I think the challenge that we're going to have is the generational challenge that the driving instructor industry is um, age heavy at the top end. Um, you know, there's a lot of people that retire into the job. Um, so, there's going to be bigger challenges to to get people to 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 embrace what we're what we're talking about, um, and, and I get those. Uh, what I will say is everybody knows where they can find me and my number. Um, I I welcome those conversations, whether you agree or not. Um, and you know, and, and we know some people that are far far better versed than I to put you in touch with, should you wish to pursue it further and complete the course. And the only thing I, di I disagree with G on the, the the amount of time to do the course because um, it, it is definitely you know it's there and you can do it in in that thirty minutes or so, um, but then you go back to it. I think that um, you know I, I I've looked at the sliding scale as as, as Terry referred to it and and I've referred back to that when I've been writing things. I've referred back to that when I've been having conversations so that I'm getting things right. And and I think it is um, you know it's it, it's it's one one for the bookshelf. I know we're all digital bookshelves, except for Robin, who's got a lovely display of books. Books, uh, you know, I I always want to know what the books are, but um, I, I think we we're very digitally heavy. It, it's something that we can have accessible to us when we're dealing with setting up our businesses, when we're dealing with working with individuals. Um, you know, I, I'm really excited about where things are going to go. And, you know, it's a tipping point for me. 
Cool. Um, just a couple of points uh, from me on that uh, as we, we wrap up. First of all, just in case the DVSA is listening, you're not slow, you're methodical. You know, it's taking your time to get it right. Okay, cool. Um, but no, the other thing that I, I, I agree with everything you've said there, Chris, and, and people listening to this will probably expect me to agree with that, but that's because I believe it's true. And there is a generational gap. You said at the start about the industry being 20 years behind. That's not just our industry. That's a lot of industries. But obviously, we primarily focus on ours today. Uh, we're not picking on the driving school industry. But there is. It is 20 years behind. It's not just in this instance, in the LGBTQ plus instance. It's in a lot of things. You mentioned coaching. It's the idea that... Um, we don't need to market anything because people just come to us because we get these recommendations. And you know what? For some people, that still works, but it is behind. But the, the change I'm seeing is people are talking a bit more. And when I so, see those conversations online, I mean, it could just be me. It really could be me. But I think there's more voices in a positive sense and there isn't in a negative sense now. It does seem, and not just in our industry again, but overall it does seem that there's more people just being a little bit more willing to speak up. And I think that's because of things like the queer box, not just yours. There's other things out there. I know I'm an advocate of yours. I'm pushing yours now, but anything that, that, that advocates acceptance and, and, um, and just being nice, I think is a great thing. So seeing those conversations and, and people being less afraid to ask, you know, Chris, you mentioned it before. I, I may have uh, misgendered you at the start of this year and I rectified it. And the reason why that, okay, well, I'll phrase this one, but the reason how I didn't, to, didn't panic about that is because you've put me at ease about that. You've said, you, I mean, my mum call, still calls me Gemma. I, I told someone this, uh, that's my sister, by the way. I told someone um, that the other day and they took that as me, meaning I used to be a Gemma. <laughs> so I mean, I had to explain it a different way. But my mum still calls me Gemma. I don't take offence at my mum calling me Gemma. She goes through seven names before she gets to mine. You know, it's it's not an insult. It's, it's a mistake. It's a slip of the tongue in the same way that I could call Chris Bob, you know, it, and then go back and say, oh, sorry, it's, it's this. So I do think that there's changes there, not necessarily a whole landscape changes, but also in business. There are driving schools as a result, and I'm giving myself a tiny bit of credit, but as a result of this podcast, as a result of what you're doing, uh, G and Robin, and as a result of what you're doing, Chris, so driving schools that are approaching it differently that are changing the websites, are adding the LGBTQ plus flag to the websites, or just changing the way they speak on it. The driving schools out there are giving people the opportunity to, to, to mention pronouns. Go Rodeo, I had on my show a few weeks back, they're incorporating that into their diary system so people can choose the, the pronouns when they sign up, if they want to. It's not obligatory. And I think that's a good thing as well, not making it obligatory. So I know I've gone a bit of a rant there, but I can... I, I can see subtle changes in our industry that haven't come solely because of the past few weeks. I appreciate that. But there is a difference because of it. And I think that's brilliant. I'm a massive fan of you, Free. Uh, I'm pleased that I've, I've, you've come on and chosen this platform to come and give this another boost. And, and for me, just do it. Seriously. It's not expensive. I've, you know, if you're charging your lessons right, it's less than the cost of a two-hour lesson. If it costs more than a two-hour lesson, put your prices up, right? But just do it. Hey, seriously, it, it, all you're going to do is learn. That's it. 
so I'm going to come off my soapbox now. I'm going to hand it over for, for you three. Any final comments from you guys? I'll go with it. It's probably the price of a one hour lesson uh, if you're a DITC member. So, you know. Um, so DITC members get a discount? They do. So DITC members do get a discount. And, um, you know, as, as part of the, the, the membership structure, that's what we're what we're looking for are benefits for, for instructors. So th this is you know one of many um, that are coming coming through the pipeline, and um, you know it's the first of the educational benefits that we're we're looking to make sure are, are getting out to the whole community. So it's available to everybody, um, but as a DITC member, um, you know you'd be mad mad not to become a member to to get the to get the discount as well. And and then you can you know everybody can engage with the badge. So the badge that we that we put out there, the DITC badge, um, everybody can engage with that. We we don't want to restrict that in any way. Um, we want to thank members by by giving them a you know a, a discount to, to to the course, and then by completing the course, um, the queer box have got their their own um, badge that you can also use to uh, to show you know that you are. A, a, an aware business and and just to remind driving instructors we are businesses uh, it often gets forgotten whether you're with a franchise or without um so be, being that kind of business as, as g said there's there's evidence to prove that you are benefiting your business by doing so so you know that's also tax deductible it's win-win um so so you know that that's that's the, the the commercial plug of why to get involved the other reason is you're part of an in industry and a community, um, which is multifaceted. So, you know, um, engage with it. Engage with it as much as you can. Um, you know, allyship is a process, not a state that we arrive at. Um, it's okay not to know things. It's okay that what we know today might be out of date again in five years time. Things change and evolve. Um, but it's just, um, yeah, it's really just the ability to uh, have the confidence to navigate situations as they're thrown at you. You know, it's not about never making a mistake. It's not about never slipping into making assumptions, but knowing how to handle that when that happens. That's really the mark of someone who's a good ally. And I know that I've referred to uh, age brackets myself in the podcast, but um, I do always like to um, actually advocate for the sort of older generation because I have great faith in them um, because I know so many people who are, you know, on that uh, sort of top end of the scale who are great allies and uh, who are also, you know, great community members. Um, and yeah, I've got great faith that even if, uh, you know, there might be people who think, oh my God, what is all of this about? And it's too much later, you know, actually we share a lot of common um, business um, wanting to be good at what you do, um, being respectful, uh, being compassionate, I think those are those are sort of universal values that we share across uh, the ages. Um, so uh, my 77-year-old dad can do it, and uh, so can you. <laughs> I have nothing to add other than just being delighted to once again be here and to have had the opportunity to be a part of not just these conversations, but these actions and the change that we are actively playing a part in making in the world. 
Awesome. Uh, so just to wrap up then, uh, links, where can people find you, G? We'll obviously put them in the show notes as well, but anything you want to plug? If you would like to find more, out more about The Queer Box, it's thequeerbox.co.uk. Um, we do, you can buy the course directly from us, but if you're a member of the DITC, then don't get it via them because you'll get it cheaper. However, we do have other forms of training. So if you happen to be someone that, that learns better in person, we do have live allyship training that happens in small groups. And you can find the details of those on the website as well. And that's probably the first place to go, really. Chris? Yes, and the, the DITC.co.uk is the, you know, the DITC website and the information is on there. There's going to be more coming. Um, we're, we're going to be you know, putting together um, articles and uh, information sources that people can refer to when they need it, because that's the whole point, you know, further down the line. When you try to redesign your website, you want to revisit it. Um, so yeah, ditc.co.uk um, has everything that you need on there. And if it hasn't, it's got our phone number. Give us a call and we'll get it on there as soon as we can. So yeah, we, we're really looking forward to, to moving things forwards. And I'm sure that there is a space inside of the industry to, um, to, to welcome you know, uh, the, the queer box in to deliver live training inside of, inside of the driving instructor world, should it be wanted. So if people want to do that, get in touch with any of us and we will happily put our heads together to try and uh, make it happen. That would be brilliant. Absolutely. Awesome. Um, okay, cool. So I'm going to make this joke one more time because it massively amuses me. Thank you guys for joining me on my first, first ever foursome on this show. It's, <laughs> uh, it's been great to have you on. Um, yes, so finally wrap up for me. Um, just do the queer box and the DTIC, both great things, and they're only going to help you. So thank you for joining us today on this special bonus episode of the Instructor Podcast. I believe this is the last one that I'll be releasing, so the next time you'll hear me and my dulcet tones will be on episode one of season two on the 1st of October. So that's when you get it wrong. The 1st of August, because the 1st of October is my birthday, so hint, hint, presents, please. Um, and I'll speak to you all again on the 1st of, August, 1st of August. Thanks for joining me, guys. So thank you for listening today. If you've enjoyed this podcast, make sure you click subscribe wherever you're listening so that the next one will drop straight into your podcast feed. If you want to get in touch with the show, head over to tcdrive.co.uk. You can get in touch with me by any method over there. And remember, let's just keep raising standards and stay safe. Thank you.